You know what I love about Jesus is that, you know, for his entire life on earth, and even really since the beginning of the world, he's always been creating room for people. Um, he's always been, a, he's been, always been the, the type of uh, person that is, is creating room for people to gather around him and to have people pursue him in different ways. But he's always, he's always saying to us that there's always plenty of room uh, for us to gather around him. And in fact, uh, when he's here on earth, he, you can see him. He's, he's actually, the Bible says that he's God that comes to earth um, so that he can be with his creation. As he could be with his people, and throughout all of, throughout all of the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—he's always finding himself to, uh, and finding ways to be around the people that he created. Uh, often in the book of Mark, you'd find him saying, you know, he just was in crowds and he's in midst of people. He's always he's always figuring out ways that he can connect with others and, and, and do that. But there's just there's something about his life that says there's plenty of room uh, for you. Even at one point in John 14, he's getting ready to, to head to the cross uh, where he, really the, the whole purpose of him being on earth is going to culminate. And he says to uh, his disciples, says to his followers this, he, he says in John 14, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Uh, and, and so literally, the beginning of Jesus' life, all the way to the end, he's trying to figure out how to have plenty of room uh, for you, so much so that he right now is even presenting and, and preparing places for you to be for all of eternity. And so literally, everything about Jesus' life is making this type of room take place. And, and even in the Gospel of Luke, we see that the Jesus story, that the Christmas story begins with all sorts of different people gathering around uh, Jesus. And, and, and so maybe for you, I don't know if you have a nativity. Do you have a nativity in your house? Perhaps you do. Um, maybe three of us. Okay, sweet. Um, that's, that's all right. That's, that's cool. Maybe it was like an old-fashioned thing. I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those deals. But, but for us, maybe for a nativity, you have maybe a nativity on the... Uh, on the uh, uh, What's it called? The fireplace thing. You know, the, that mantle. Yeah, last night I called it an altar. It's not an altar. Um, I'm a pastor. Maybe you have an altar in your house like I do. I'm just kidding. Um, but, but there is a, maybe on your mantle or a, or a table in your house, you have this nativity. And what we often do with the nativity scene is we, is we boil it all down to this romantic picture, don't we? Like where Joseph is the star quarterback um, and you got his cheerleader wife, Mary, right? You got that sort of thing. He's got his posse, maybe the offensive line around him and that sort of thing. Um, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm just still high on the Patriots win that just came off, that we just came in. No, but, but you can kind of see this romantic picture of the nativity, but in all reality, that's not really what the nativity was the nativity was not a romantic story. In fact, the, the nativity put a lot of people in awkward situations. Mary, as this virgin 16-year-old girl, man, if, you're, if, you're, if your girl, baby girl came home ever and said, and said Dad, listen, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to fall upon me and there's going to be a pregnancy, you wouldn't believe her. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. But it put a lot of people in awkward situations because it started this whole new thing. But what I love about the people that gathered around Jesus in this first story is that they all were ordinary people with unique stories. They were all ordinary people with unique stories. So literally from the beginning, Jesus is creating room for ordinary people with unique stories. And if I had to be honest with you, maybe I don't know all of you by name or I don't know all of your stories, but I know that we're all pretty ordinary with unique stories. 
And from the beginning, Jesus has, creating, has been creating room for you to gather around him. Literally in a room like this, this moment is literally just a, 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 a multiplication of this first gathering that Jesus had in Luke chapter 2. And so that literally is creating room for ordinary people with unique stories. And so, and so these people, there's really three major groups that gathered around Jesus for the first time. It was, it was, it was the, his parents, Mary and Joseph. It was uh, the shepherds and the wise men. And so these people that gathered around Jesus had three things that were so unique about them. But they still gathered around Jesus. And number one, they had unique stories. All of them had unique stories. They all heard the news of Jesus in unique ways. And so regardless of where maybe you're from, you've all heard the story of Jesus in your own unique way, in your own unique context. And so for Mary and Joseph, they were really in personal times of prayer where, they, where an angel came and told them the good news about Jesus. And so there's this personal, maybe an intimate moment where Mary and Joseph and actually many people um, in, the, in this first Christmas story heard about them in a very personal way. Maybe that's your story. You heard about Jesus in a very personal manner, maybe in a time of prayer. Maybe you've been going to church for a long time and really began to interact with Christ in a very personal way for over a long period of time. So maybe that's more like Mary and Joseph. The shepherds, though, the shepherds, those were the, those were the guys out in the field, right? And they needed an entire revelation. Do you have a friend that just needed to be slammed upside the head? You know, like you just need, the whole sky needed to be opened up with the heavenly host in order for them to understand something. You know, like, like you always say this, so I need God to write this on the wall. That was literally the shepherd's story, right? Like they needed the whole heaven to hope to open all of the heavens to open up to hear the story of Jesus. And, and so literally they had this in, entire, entire revelation for them. But but the wise men, when they were teasing out the story of Jesus, they were literally interacting with astrology. You know, this weird kind of uh, uh, movement of the stars, and, and they were you know, maybe they weren't asking for call signs back then, but like, I'm a Leo, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. But, but really, they were interacting with the movements of the stars, and Jesus interacts with them through this weird cultural concept of worshiping the stars. And so I don't know where you're from. Maybe you're like really close and personal and intimate where you're interacting with the story of Jesus. Or maybe for you, it was this massive revelation where, where really the scales or maybe it felt like your eyes opened up or your ears opened up and you began to hear the story of Jesus for the first time in a new way. Or maybe for you, it's really about teasing out the, the truth and the logic and you do a lot of research and you do a lot of historical background and you do a lot of interaction with that way. But all of them had unique stories uh, when they begin to interact with Jesus. Number one, they had unique stories. Number two, they had unique journeys. For, for Mary and Joseph, they literally responded to the call of Jesus in seconds, didn't they? Because if they didn't, we'd have other problems, right? Like they literally met Jesus instantly. For you, that could be your story. Maybe, maybe when you interacted with Jesus, it was an instant, instantaneous type of revelation, but the shepherds, they had to hurry there. Maybe it took a day. I don't know, who, who knows? Maybe it took half a day, a day. Maybe it took a couple days for them to figure out where Jesus was. The Bible just says that they hurried, uh, hurried over to where Jesus was. And so maybe it takes a little time sometimes. But for, for the wise men, a lot of times we put the wise men there that night, don't we? We, we put them all right there, kind of boil it down to say, okay, everyone, all the, all the party was there that night. 
But in all reality, some historians think that it took months, maybe even a year, for the wise men to figure out really where that star was. And so for you, maybe that's you, where it takes you a little bit of research, and it's taken you some time, and maybe even to get into this room tonight, it took you years to figure out how to interact with the story of Jesus. But in all reality, we all have those unique journeys. We all have those unique journeys. And lastly, these people that gather around Jesus, they had unique stories, they had unique journeys, but they all had unique steps. They all had something specific to do in order to grow, in order to become more like Christ, or in order to worship Jesus. The the parents, they literally had a life-changing call. Uh, Maybe for you, if you're a parent in here, you know what that call is like. It literally changes everything, doesn't it? But, but for Mary and Joseph, their whole life changed. When they heard about Jesus, they knew that it wasn't going to be a day-long thing. It wasn't going to be a month-long thing. It wasn't going to be a year-long thing. It was literally going to change the entire course of their life. And so maybe for you, you're interacting with the story of Jesus that way, and it's literally going to change your entire life. But for the shepherds, it literally, their, their step was to gather. They, when they heard the story of Jesus, when they heard from the angels that Jesus was here. It was to gather around. They needed to go and be with Christ. But for the wise men, their step, you know what their step was? It was incredibly different. They, they, They knew that they were interacting with the king of the universe, and their step was to give. Maybe it's of, of their time, their, their resources. They spent a lot of time trying to find Jesus. They spent a lot of their money trying to find Jesus. They spent a lot of time because Jesus became their mission. They became their purpose. In fact, some historians and theologians believe that the gifts that the, the wise men gave to, the, to Mary and Joseph that night was enough money for them to live for a year or even two. And so they gave, but they all obeyed. Every single one of them, in their unique steps, began to obey what they believed was in them. And they believed the story of Jesus. And so I don't know where you're, you're at tonight, but I, all I know is this, is that we're all a bunch of ordinary people, but we all have unique stories. And Jesus doesn't love everyone the same way. He actually loves us all uniquely. He loves you in your unique status, in your unique way, in your unique story. But he's given us all unique ways to grow. He's given you a unique step. And so maybe tonight, maybe for you, this is something where you're interacting with Jesus for the very first time, and it's literally going to change the course of your life. Maybe for you, it could be the the, the call of the shepherd or the, the steps of the shepherds to simply gather you're like, ah, I don't know about this whole thing. I don't know about this whole Jesus thing. I don't know about this whole church thing. But you know what? I'll give it a month of my life. I'll give it the next four Sundays. And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to go to a gathering next four Sundays. Maybe I can tease this thing out. And I'm not quite sure, but, but, but I think I'll, I'll see something different if I continue to come. Or maybe for you, you know, you're kind of like the guy that's you're like, ah, it's going to take a year. It's going to take maybe a couple years. But that's all right, because that's what happened to the wise men. It took them a little while. But they began to study and they began to search. And so maybe your call tonight is simply just to take that type of step. What is this whole thing about? But here's the point. Jesus, as God comes to earth, in John chapter 1, he talks about this a little bit more. He says the whole point of this whole thing, this whole Christmas story, this whole Advent thing, this is what he says. John starts off his good news. He says this, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. 
But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And so you see that the story of Jesus, full of ordinary people with unique stories, gathered around Christ. They all had different things, but it was all for this plan, for a rebirth, not a physical one, but of a spiritual one. And that's the call. That's the call with that. That's the call of Christ, the king coming down to be part of all that's going on. Tonight was the night that although many people rejected him, it's something that stayed still in their heart that a rebirth might be possible. And some of us, we might need a rebirth tonight, right? Maybe not, maybe for the first time, but maybe some of you might be for the 14th to say, hey, you know what, man, my life is going crazy. But I'm so glad that the presence of God, that he is with us in the midst of this, that God is here and, continue, and can continue to change our lives. You know, a lot of this is simply the idea that the story of Jesus still changes lives. And this is what, that's what we believe here at Community Covenant is that this thing still matters, that this stuff still continues to change life and, it, lives. And in fact, it's the only thing that can change the human heart. A lot of times, many of us, we try to put pieces together. We try to do these things. We try harder. Even if we've been following Jesus for a long time, we still fall into this thing. We're like, oh, man, my life is falling apart. I just need to do a little bit better. I just need to have a little bit of a better reputation. I just need to do a little bit more. But really, the story is to rest. The call is to rest and to be at the foot of Christ. Many times, though, we simply don't know the story. That's, that's, a lot of times that can be it. When I talk to someone, I've been doing this thing for, for almost a decade now, and a lot of times when I talk to the story, they, they tell me something that they believe to be true about God, or maybe they, they tell me something that they don't believe that God does, and I say, you know what, I don't believe in that either. And it's simply because we don't know the story of Christ. And so tonight what we wanted to do is just tell you the story. Tell you the story right out of Luke 1 and 2 in a, in a t- kind of a creative way and tell you the story of Luke 1 and 2 simply because the kids don't want to look at the awkward guy talk anymore, right? <laughs> but we wanted to tell you the story simply so that we can know what was in there because we believe this, that the story of Jesus still changes lives. And I pray tonight that that type of work can be done in your heart, whether you are the parents and, and, and that type of movement. Maybe you're a shepherd and you need to hurry. Or maybe you're like a wise man and you need to move over the course of some time. But either way, I believe that the story of Jesus can change you tonight, and I pray that it does.